Welcome to Econoday Unplugged. It is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2017. I am Ann Picker, Econoday's Chief Economist, and with me today are Jeremy Hawkins in the UK and Mark Pender in the US. So, Jeremy, what's new on your side of the pond? Well, I think in terms of the economics, um, we can say not too much. I think as far as uh, the Eurozone is concerned, obviously everyone's now sitting back waiting to see what's going to come out of the ECB meeting later on this month. But really, as far as the real economy goes, it's not particularly an issue. The latest figures generally have been quite upbeat. Noticeably, last week we had the Economic Sentiment Index for September, which I'll pick out just because it's one of the ECB's preferred indicators. It has a very strong correlation with GDP on a trend basis, and it rose to a post-Great Recession high um, last month. So looking pretty good for third quarter GDP. And indeed, all the inflation expectations measures picked up significantly as well. So I think, you know, by and large, the economy is doing okay. The recovery is becoming increasingly broad base so a tick in that box problem though obviously still with actual inflation and the big worry as far as last week was concerned was the flash report for september uh, not so much the headline number now that held steady at 1.5 percent was a little bit disappointing but more significantly the narrowest of the core gauges that's dipped to tick to 1.1 percent so that's not good news since it's this underlying measure that the ecb is concentrating upon nonetheless i think you know putting it all together as things come currently stand. Um, We're still looking for some kind of so-called monetary recalibration out the ECB once we get the back end of this month. For the UK, there's certainly, I think, growing speculation that we will see the Bank of England tighten once we get into, where are we, November the 2nd. There's no Bank of England MPC as far as October is concerned. And indeed, the Bank of England governor himself just last week was really talking quite aggressively by his recent standards in terms of you know warning uh, the general public that interest rates will have to go up relatively soon. Uh, most of the figures here have by and large exceeded expectations. We have some disappointing figures on the construction. PMI today, but by and large, as I say, most of the figures here have actually come in quite well. So it does look as if we'll probably see a shift towards at long last monetary tightening in the UK once we get to November the 2nd. The other thing I must touch on, albeit reluctantly, which is more politics since it is spooking the markets to some extent at the moment, and that's this um, Spanish um, independence vote in Catalonia. Um, Although it's been declared illegal by the Spanish government, it did take place, as people probably saw on Sunday. Um, The figures, at least in terms of the voting, did show a vote in favour, indeed a strong vote in favour of the independence actually taking place. And it really leaves the Spanish government in in something of a mess. For financial markets, why does it matter? Well, I mean, Catalonia itself is is worth about 20% of overall GDP, about 25% of overall Spanish exports. Of course, Spain itself is, you know, one of the big four EU countries. So what happens in Spain is going to be important elsewhere. But the real concern is that if we were to see Catalonia being granted independence, and at the moment this is completely up in the air, there's no clear indication what the government's going to do currently, or indeed the Catalonian side. But were it to go through, there's going to be a lot of concerns in other EU countries that separatist movements there might just try to follow suit. So it is weighing on the euro a little bit. It's hit Spanish bonds and the Spanish stock market. So it's clearly something to keep an eye on going forward. Jeremy, has it hurt uh, other periphery markets? Not really. So far at this stage, it's been, I think, largely seen as being something of an issue which is independent to Spain. And indeed, the EU 
um, have come out to date and suggested that, well, it's a Spanish situation, it's down to the Spanish government to sort it out. But were we actually to get, you know, some form of independence vote taking place, and the way it stands at the moment is that kind of once once the regional parliament meets, um, they've got about 48 hours to decide whether or not this independence is going to happen, at least they're going to push for it. And I think were that to happen, then you almost certainly can start to get knock-on effects in some of the peripheral countries. And what has it done to European unity? We had, uh, after Brexit, we seem to have a uh, resurgence in, uh, in, in unity uh, in Europe. And is this a kind of a Brexit? Uh, are we back into something else where, um, is, is, will this prove to be a major euro negative? I, if it goes ahead, I think it's certainly going to be a negative. How much of a neg negative, I think, at this stage is anybody's guess. And I say this because, I mean, Catalonia is in many ways you know, it's a semi-autonomous state anywhere. anyway. It didn't have total control by any means, but nonetheless, you know, it's been effectively implementing a lot of its own laws for some considerable while now. And indeed, talk of some kind of independence referendum has been rumbling around for several years. So I think the fact it's finally come to a head is you know, not necessarily a great surprise. Um, but nonetheless, you know, what happens in Spain, you know, given the, you know, the concerns about populism, as you mentioned, the recent German election and the performance, particularly of the far right there, yeah, it's something which, you know, longer term investors aren't going to want to see. And it could weigh on Eurozone markets going forwards. Jeremy, isn't Spain the fastest growing of the major four countries and has been for some time now? What does this do to the Spanish government. I've seen various things about it uh, threatening its prime minister, etc., etc. It is. It's certainly fair to say that Spain has been performing um, one of the best, well, in fact, it's been one of the best performers for several quarters now. Of course, it was very badly hit during the, the Great Recession when we saw unemployment in Spain going through the roof. And indeed, it's still well into double digits even as we speak. But as you say, there has been an increasingly solid recovery coming through in the Spanish economy over the last year or so. And it is one of the fastest growing countries. Now, what does it do for the government? Well, the government itself is in something of a pick. Um, I think, to be perfectly honest, it simply doesn't know how to handle the current situation. Um, there's some talk about some of the well, very old distant treaty um, ambiguities being called in whereby effectively they could come out and just announce, well, that's it. Um, Catalonia is going to lose its autonomy and, and control will be given back to Madrid. And that's it as far as you know, any kind of move towards a uh, successionist by the Catalonian region. But you know, that sort of is something I don't think the Spanish government wants to do. It wants to try and find some kind of compromise situation whereby Catalonia remains part of Spain, but the Catalonia themselves feel sufficiently happy that they have as much independence as they can realistically get away with without actually leaving Spain itself. It should be said that there's been a lot of press talk today about a general strike taking place um, across uh, the Catalonian region. That ostensibly is nothing to do with the actual call for successionism itself. It just has to do with um, the unhappy state of affairs concerning the way the, uh, the Madrid police went in to address some of the issues at the polling booths and so on and uh, the violence which took place there. So this in itself is not anything to do with you know, calling for independence. It's more to do with uh, you know, complaints about the way the government handled the vote on Sunday. Thank you, Jeremy. Mark, this is the week with Employment Friday looming. 
That's right. And uh, and it's a, if you like the unknown, you're going to love Friday's employment report. It's completely um, scrambled on what we can expect from uh, the hurricane uh, effects. The Econo Day consensus is at 100,000 payroll growth, which would be below uh, normal, but still uh, quite adequate uh, for the economy. Yet the range here goes from zero, that's no change, no payroll growth, to 140,000, which is roughly where it was in the prior month, which uh, didn't have any uh, hurricane effects. Uh, we don't really know. That, uh, uh, the, uh, the employment report is sampled at mid-month, and that's why the August report didn't have any factors. Uh, it didn't include it. But the September uh, report will include uh, Irma's effect as well as Harvey's effect. So um, it's completely up in the air what we uh, what we can expect. Uh, jobless claims have been the only really uh, live data that weekly jobless claims that, uh, over this period, and they've been uh, volatile, not extremely volatile. They uh, have shown uh, much less uh, reaction than they did during uh, Hurricane Katrina in 2005. But uh, it's really anyone's guess, and uh, be, uh, it, there will probably be a discounting if, um, if the number is even reasonable, if it's in the plus column. Uh, uh, there would probably be a, quite a, a relief, and the relief would be on the assumption that this will only be a temporary effect and that uh, employment growth would then resume at a normal pace. Um, if, however, there's a negative, if we get a sweeping uh, negative, uh, the outlook could be uh, disrupted, and the um, expectations for a December rate hike would be uh, completely up in the air. So it'll be a, uh, you'll be flying by the uh, seat of your pants when you watch. Watch this on uh, Friday. Uh, uh, today, which is uh, Sorry, Tuesday. Mark, yeah, Mark, go ahead. So a quick mm -hmm. one. Can I ask you, will the, um, the Bureau of Labor stats, will they provide some kind of estimate of what they think the impact is? So of we all get an the, underlying feel. Of all the government agencies, the uh, BLS is by far the most responsible in offering uh, details on uh, one-time ongoing factors. So I can, uh, I can almost uh, be reasonably assured that <laughs> based on their past performance, they will offer uh, as much transparency and as much as their own instinct is, uh, the analysts there, on, on what these factors will be. So I think, yes, we will have some kind of a, they'll give us a handle, some kind of a, an explanatory handle on, on what what we can expect um, and uh, it, because they'll break it down on, by you know on what they see in the data so uh, hopefully uh, th that's what we'll see there um, Mark yeah. I, I foresee large revisions in the coming months and haven't the claims been estimated for Florida still no, uh, uh, claims were not estimated in the uh, uh, in the prior week. Uh, the last week we had, they were for a while. Puerto Rico's has been uh, estimated, and they have a, a large uh, uh, factor in the uh, claims report. So we'll see. We don't really know what to, to expect there. Um, but uh, no, the the in um, Texas uh, has also been easing back. Uh, Florida hasn't shown any kind of a gargantuan. Uh, effect, uh, uh, hurricane effect, and Georgia has, they, they've shown some effects of those two states, but but nothing super significant, nothing super, um, you know, uh, and also claims don't always, uh, you know, what, what does that mean for payrolls? It's not a direct correlation. So um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what we get. Uh, and that's why we get getting this range, you know, and, uh, and 
and the range also we have manufacturing payrolls because manufacturing payrolls the econo day range is from a negative twenty thousand to plus fifteen thousand, and this uh, th- and this reading has been mostly steady for most of the year, and then it started to pick up in in recent months. So it could have a an impact on that very specific uh, 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 area, and uh, I, we don't really see too much of an effect on average hourly earnings, or at least none is expected. Roughly a zero point three percent. Uh, 2.2 uh, uh, to 0.4 range. 3.3 um, would be very good here. And we're turning back to inflation or the lack of it. Um, we have the cut of day consensus is for a one tenth gain in the year on year rate to 2.6%, which in these would be positives. And um, it would be hard to read these exactly. Uh, that would be a pickup in line with what we saw in the core CPI. But that, you know, what we saw. <laughs> What we saw last week, and this is a very another very important piece of information we shouldn't forget here, is is that the core PCE, which is the Federal Reserve's personal inflation gauge, uh, went in the wrong it went in the right direction only, but not very much. Only 0.1 percent and 0.2 percent was expected. If we recall, the CPI at mid month was uh, like. Uh, 0.2444, you know, 5%, and almost rounded up to a 0.3%, which really raised expectations in the market for the December rate hike. They really haven't unrolled back since that uh, poor showing in the core, PC, uh, core PCE. So uh, a little bit of a, uh, of a, a bounce in a, average hourly earnings could be a, an outside factor for this report. But I want to add that today, we're just getting numbers right now, very interesting numbers, on vehicle sales, unit vehicle sales, uh, they were very weak in August, multi uh, multi year low, and uh, the assumption was that uh, Hurricane Harvey had hurt the uh, sales in Houston. Now we're, uh, the preliminary data is still coming in. Um, looks like a big upswing in uh, sales during September, which would imply perhaps re- replacement demand in Houston, and it would also mean that there was very little. Um, uh, sales effect from the exodus in Florida or from the uh, hurricane hit of Irma in Florida. So, uh, and this could be a very good omen for the uh, jobs report. But uh, it's up in the air is what's really, I think, the underlining uh, uh, theme here is that trying to predict what's going to happen is very difficult. It's almost impossible. But uh, it's more like what it, w- after the results, what what will they mean? And I think that if uh, they're uh, steady but only showing moderate uh, declines, I think that will be a big positive that will help uh, expectations or boost expectations for a, a, a rate hike in December. But if they're very, very weak, mm, it might reduce those odds, but there would still be an expectation of a bounce back, I think. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Jeremy. Until next week.